0: you would speak to us through your word, speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Hazel, for that reading. And we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, page 967 in the Red Bibles. I don't have the blue numbers. John comes and John preaches this message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What is repentance? You see, repentance is not just about saying sorry for the bad stuff that we do. It comes from the Greek word metanoia, and it means literally, change your mind. When John calls us to repent, he's calling us to change our mind about God, to live for God, not against God, with God and not without God. What we're talking about here is a complete reorientation of our life. It's about turning from a self-centered direction of living into a God direction for living It's about saying that we are no longer going to try and shape God in our image, but we will allow God to shape us in his image. It's about recognizing that God does not exist for me, but that I exist for God. That God is not someone who's going to schedule his calendar around me, but I need to schedule my calendar around him. When we repent, we're saying that we will not live for either ourselves or for the stuff of this world, but we will live for the one who gave us life and who gave us everything. In our real world, and perhaps even more so in the virtual worlds that we create, we place ourselves in the centre. We, as it were, we arrange the furniture around us around me when we repent we come to God and say that we choose to remove ourselves from the center and we ask him to rearrange the furniture so that he is in the center repentance is actually a one-off moment I thought long and hard about saying this but I think I do want to say it it's a one off moment it's that moment when a person recognizes that they have been living for self and living against god and they choose to repent and to turn to god that is the moment when a person becomes a christian when they are born again some of you will remember that moment and you'll remember when it was. Some of you won't remember that moment because it happened at a time when deep, deep down in our hearts. Um, and you're, 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 it's, you're living it, you're living that repentance now. But some of us here won't remember a moment because there never has been a moment. And it's to you particularly that I'm speaking. So why should we repent? Well, John here gives us three reasons. First of all, he says, repent, because the kingdom of God, the rule of God is coming. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. When John talks about the kingdom of God, he is speaking about a time in the future when the kingdom of heaven will be established. The prophet spoke of the future God's kingdom to come. There will be a new heaven and earth. It is unimaginable to our minds which are inevitably limited. By our, We can only think in terms of our space and time and we're blinded by sin. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 25 this evening at the light up a life service which speaks of the kingdom as a time of feasting, of abundance, of joy and of life. There will be no suffering, there will be no death, no fear, no sin. We're not talking about an eternity sitting on clouds playing harps. I mean who really wants to go there? We're not talking about a church service that will never, ever end. Who wants to go there? We're talking about a very solid creation, where, for instance, we'll be able to visit what is now Norway, but totally transformed, and see the fjords, but the fjords as they were meant to be. And I imagine that there will be constant discovery and wonder and adventure in this future kingdom. It will be a place of deep friendship, spelt F-R-E-N-D-S-H-I-P. You see, the I will have been taken out of friendship. It will be the ego will have been taken out of friendship. It will be a place of laughter and music and of astonishing beauty of space, creativity, and freedom. It will be a place of unutterable joy. The currency of the kingdom of heaven will be love. And the values of the kingdom of heaven will be rightness, graciousness, truth, mercy, and justice. People sometimes say, oh, I don't want to go to heaven. You know, there'll be no fun in heaven. You could not be further from the truth in saying that. Heaven will be the place to be. Now imagine, though, that this kingdom, this glorious kingdom, is like a physical city surrounded by high walls. You are on the outside. The many gates into this city are closed and locked. But there is one way in. It's very obvious You won't miss it because there is an open door, but it is tiny, tiny. And to go in, you need to kneel down and enter in on your knees. But in your own eyes, you are too big for that door. So at times you turn your back on the city and pretend it's not there. At other times you go to the other doors and you demand right of entrance because of how good or how cool or how clever or how big you are. But there is only one way in. Repentance is when we give up trying to do it by ourselves, when we stop trying to justify ourselves and recognise that we will never be good enough or big enough or cool enough or strong enough to get into this city. There's only one way. And that's through this door on our knees. Why should we repent? Because the kingdom of heaven is close, says John, and God wants you to be part of it. Why should we repent? Because the king is coming. Matthew tells us that John has come to prepare the way of the Lord. John has come to say that the king of this kingdom is coming in the Lord of the Rings, when Aragorn enters the fortified city of Tirith for the first time as king, the city's steward proclaims Aragorn's royal pedigree for all the citizens to hear. Here is Aragorn, son of Arathorn, captain of the host of the west, bearer of the star of the north, wielder of the sword reforged, victorious in battle, whose hands bring healing. Shall he be king and enter into the city? And dwell there. So John calls the people. He says, Here comes the King, God's King, the Messiah, the Christ, the second Adam, the bright and morning star, the first and the last, victorious in battle, son of David, son of man, word of God, Emmanuel, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting, the prince of peace. Shall he be king? The king did come. He was born in a stable 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross to open that door into his kingdom. And we believe that one day King Jesus will come back in glory and we will see him, whether we've died or whether we're still living. John calls us to receive the king. He urges us, repent! Because up to now you have lived as if there is no king. You have lived as if you are trying to pretend to be the ruler of your own life. Turn to him. Throw yourself upon his mercy and allow him to reign over you. Why should you repent? Because the king has come and will come. And you're called to welcome him. Thirdly, we repent because judgment is coming, says John. John says of this king, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will gather his wheat into the barn and burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Verse 12. Judgment is important because it tells us that there is a standard that is bigger than us. Apparently in one episode of Breaking Bad, I haven't actually got round to to ever seeing it, but in one episode, Jesse Pinkman, who is a drug pusher, commits murder. He then attends a Narcotics Anonymous meeting to try and find some relief. After Jesse shares a thinly veiled version of his crime, the group leader counsels self-acceptance. We're not here to sit in judgment, he says. Jesse explodes. Why not? Why not? If you just do stuff and nothing happens, what's it all mean? What's the point? So no matter what I do, hooray for me, because I'm a great guy, it's all good. No matter how many dogs I kill, I just, what, do an inventory and accept The creator of the show, Vince Gilligan, believes in hell and judgment for human sin. He said, I want to believe there's a heaven, but I can't not believe there's a hell. Most of us, I suspect, would agree there must be a hell for the people who do really bad things, but not for good people or people who try hard like me. But if John is right and sin is not simply about what we do, but about a wrong attitude to God, his kingdom, and his king, then we're in trouble. Jesus told several stories about judgment. Most of them tell the story of a ruler who was rejected by his servants. They're given many chances to come back to the king and to to, to turn to him, and they refuse. And they tell how ultimately he will come and bring devastating judgments on those rebellious servants. So John urges us to repent. What are the marks of repentance? Well, first of all, there's confession of sins, verse 6. That's what they do. When we confess our sins, we admit that God is right and we are wrong. That's what happens at each of our services when we use our general confession. But often confession needs to be more specific. I'm going to tell you this story because I love it. The story is told about the preacher who was preaching in a way in a Pentecostal church, and he suddenly said, Somebody in this church, he said, has stolen a goose. If you've stolen a goose, stand up and confess. Nobody stood up. So he said, Somebody in this congregation, he said, has stolen a hen. If you've stolen a hen, stand up and confess. Nobody stood up. So he said, somebody in this congregation has stolen a turkey. If you've stolen a turkey, stand up and confess. Nobody stood up. At the end of the service, a very large man going out of the church had sweat dripping off his face. And he said, Pastor, he said, Pastor, if you'd said duck, I was a to Well, confession is important. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, the, but confession is difficult. It's desperately hard, especially when we need to confess in front of other people. We become vulnerable. It's also extremely powerful. It allows God to work in us. So the first uh, mark is that, that of people is that they, they that people will uh, um, people confess their sins. The second mark here is that people are baptised. I'm not going to go into much detail on this. Most organisations require you to do something before you can become a member. You might have to meet the qualifying criteria be voted in at a meeting, take a test, undergo some ritual, or pay some money. What do you need to do to become a Christian and a member of God's organisation, the church? Pay your money, be really good, show evidence of serious repentance. I love it. I love it that the only condition that Jesus has said on becoming a member of the church is being baptised. In other words, all that he asks of you is that you have to be willing to allow someone else to throw water over you in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It is as simple as that. And the third challenge, the third thing about what the mark of repentance is, to bear the fruit of repentance. Twice John challenges the Pharisees and the Sadducees to live lives that bear the good fruit of repentance. Um, people would have been astonished on what look that because if, they th- assumed that if anybody qualified, then the Pharisees would. But John realises that you can live a good life and still be close to God and self-centred. This is one of the big things that I'm discovering about myself. We can live good lives from self-centred motives. I suspect that most of us here live good moral lives. But I wonder why Is it because we're trying to prove that we're something to ourselves or to others or to God? Maybe we live good lives because we have discovered that that is the way to get on and to succeed in life. But good lives in themselves, moral lives in themselves, are not necessarily a sign of repentance. The fruit of repentance The fruit of repentance is the fruit of someone who knows that he or she is a sinner, but that he or she has been forgiven by God. It's shown when we forgive others. It's shown when we have deep mercy and love for those who sin, even before they repent. That's the way of God. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. I know that as a church we passionately want to stand for biblical standards in our society. But when it becomes our primary message and we end up preaching morality, then we are in danger of becoming like the Pharisees. It makes us seem so far away from the Jesus who had such mercy on us. And finally, repentance is the first essential step to receiving the Spirit of God. John says, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is the Holy Spirit about whom the prophets spoke. They spoke of the day when God would give his Spirit so that the law that we would do would not be a law that we did because it was out there, something that we have to do, but because it was in our heart and something that we want to do and delight in with all our heart. It's the spirit which will change our cold, frozen, stone-like heart into a heart which deeply and profoundly loves God and which loves other people. It's the spirit which will help us to live as citizens of the kingdom for the king. When Jesus did send his spirit on that first occasion, on the day of Pentecost, Tongues of fire came down. You see, this spirit is the spirit of fire. He brings passion and purity. He burns up everything that is in us that is not of God. And if we allow him, he sets us on fire for God. The story is told of Spurgeon, who was interviewing a candidate for the ministry. The candidate was telling him all the reasons why he should not be a minister, Spurgeon interrupted and said to him, Young man, I don't want to hear all about what you are weak at. What I want to know you is this What I want to know about you is this. If I threw you into the Thames, would it sizzle? <laughs> Let me finish with the parable of the bowl. <laughs> See, we're like this bowl but we're this way up. We're closed to receive anything from God. Repentance is the admission that our bowls are turned the wrong way and the turning of the bowl to God. And then we're ready to receive from him and he will give us the most precious gift that he could possibly give. He will actually fill us with his Holy Spirit, he will fill us with himself. Father God, thank you for the gift of repentance. Please help us to turn to you and to receive you. Amen.